And now another episode of Mind Escape with Michael and Maurice. Take it away, Michael. All right, folks, welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. We have episode number 102 today. Uh, we're going to be talking about the origin of life, uh, panspermia, and abiogenesis. Uh, you can check us out at Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike and Maurice. For $2 a month, you'll get access to exclusive interviews and content. Um, I want to give a shout out to three new Patreon members. We have Justin, uh, who this episode's for you. Uh, you asked for an episode about panspermia, and we're doing it. We were probably going to do it anyways, but uh, a little something for you. And Chris, a new Patreon member, and uh, actually Dick Khan, one of our um our guests in the past and oh nice dmt in my occult mind one and two shout out to you as well and check us out at our website mike and maurice mindscape.com there's a soundcloud player on there so if you just want to listen to the audio it's all up on there and um i know it's been a little bit but uh it's been a few weeks but we're back and uh Hope happy every- new year my man yeah happy new year hope everybody had an amazing holiday had to do a little bit of traveling to visit family had to go to a wedding was sick for a little bit it's been a whole little whole little uh spiel here what about you any uh, uh i had a little i had a little virus before the holidays but yeah it's been a long couple of weeks i was up in boyne and now we're back and ready to rock and roll for sure um so let's jump into it here um most people, when they think about the origin of life, there's religious people will say God created life, humans, all the stuff. Um, but from a scientific standpoint, you, you we don't really talk about it that much, or at least when I talk with people, nobody ever brings this kind of stuff up. But um, where where does life come from? And there's two, I would say, competing theories that are better than most. Um, one being that the, the academic, you're, talk, you're talking about single cell organisms, correct? I'm talking about life period, like going from organic compounds to actual living. Yes. Cellular right. organisms and whatever. Uh, we're talking about like when the earth was in its infancy still, I think the earth had been around for about a million years and then 3.5 earth, a billion years and then 3.5 billion years ago, um, is when most scientists will agree that's when the first fossilized organisms have been found from. So, uh, abiogenesis is what most academics would put hang their hat on or put their uh, chips in their corner for because um, it's just what people are taught in school now. It's what we were taught in school. It's and what a, precisely is that? Go ahead. Abiogenesis is the natural process of which life comes from organic compounds, like I mentioned. So, but there's they've tried to mimic. Um, there's we'll talk a little bit about this guy in a, in a few minutes. But Stanley Miller, who came up with an experiment where he was trying to recreate the conditions on Earth, um, all like 3.5 billion years ago, which he had. Um, I'll look it up, but I think it was, um, uh, methane and, um, let me see if I can find, I wrote it down here. Um, cause I've heard of some theories where they're talking about, uh, electricity being, yeah, yeah. Inter- well, introduced to organic matter or whatever. Well, that's part of it. That's one of okay. the, that's okay. So his experiment included, water, methane, ammonia, and hydrogen. And then, yes, he would take, it would be in like a glass, uh, a ju- uh, like a flask or whatever. Uh-huh. And then they would also put electrodes to it to run that. And I think that they've, like recently, even though he's been dead, I think, since, I don't know, like 97 or something like that. And he started the experiment um, in 52, I believe. And that's what people thought the conditions were on the Earth at the time. And, uh, so I think he came out with like 20 amino acids, which are like the building blocks or one of the building blocks for life, which is kind of interesting. Um, and they theorized too, that there was this whole RNA world 
before there was the DNA world. And RNA, mm. again, is the uh, the building blocks. So, What is it, a less sophisticated strand? Yeah, it's just, of, the, it's just like a pre- Of information? Yeah. Um, let me see here. Also, so that's that was one of the main speculations, and that's the, probably the top experiment that's at least that I know of that's trying to prove that theory. Um, but if you look it up, I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there that just says, yeah, it's unknown what the exact conditions were. And now they think the Earth was actually from what, what he thought it was in 1952 to what it is now. We know the Earth was probably made up of completely different stuff or there was different um different conditions at the time than what we originally thought so um so and we need life needs carbon and water um and then you have like lipids which are fatty cell walls uh carbohydrates you know your cellulose sugars amino acids you know, provide for metabolism and protein, uh, and uh-huh. nucleic acids. So all that stuff's uh, important. Um, but again, it's, it's a theory because there's no, it's never been proven. We, we don't know exactly what the earth was like. We have an idea and it, it's obviously going to keep evolving just like any other theory in science or knowledge in science. It's always evolving. Um, so there's that. But we also know that there there's different other theories too that are kind of some people would call them kind of wacky and stuff. I think, like I said before, abiogenesis and panspermia are probably, in my opinion, the two most credible ones, if you will. Or the- well, twenty is how can you call it wacky when you got these Neil deGrasse Tyson's saying they've know all this stuff but in reality they it's just a theory too yeah i mean we've we've covered that pretty heavily on the show the fact that there's a lot of certainty out there when in reality what's known today is for sure going to be changed or altered or whatever in the future in terms of knowledge it's it's we're going to look like idiots a thousand years from now so right and i don't know I get it because in a certain sense, it's almost like you need, you need the authority to, you need the, not even the authority, but you just to push these ideas out and continue. It's this like game almost like you, you keep pushing the ball forward, but you know, you're going to be wrong, but it's pushing for the next generation, the next generation. It's this like ever evolving thing is where we would probably have the evolution of, um, you know, our bodies and biology and stuff too. I think there's an evolution of consciousness and, and evolution of pushing this idea of civilization and humanity along. So I think that's where it gets, it's dicey because these are all just inventions of mankind. They're ideas, whether they're measurements or whatever, we're still creating all of this. So well, what do you think about that show, the cosmos? Cause they, all the facts in there they're they're pretty much pushing them like this is fact although they're so-called facts if if they go back to the beginning of everything and if there if there was a fact it would be a fact meaning there'd be no there'd be no reason to question or contradict and we had um brian keating on the guy that wrote the book losing the nobel prize and he teaches at University of California, San Diego, and I believe that's where Stanley Miller was did his work. And I think he said that there's like a wing dedicated to the Stanley Miller guy there, but they know now that a lot of that guy's work was probably either wrong or um, not wrong, but just it's, it's an interesting experiment, but was that exactly what the Earth was like at the time? Um, could there be other explanations? And could could a lot of these explanations be right meaning panspermia which we'll get into in in a little bit abiogenesis that they they could both be right meaning that maybe earth or maybe the planet here could develop life on its own but maybe it also could be seeded as well so i mean i i don't rule that out maybe life's just prevalent throughout the universe that we or the building blocks or organic compounds whatever 
So to sum up that thought, from all the stuff that we know, we still cannot create life from nothing. Again, there's the experiments I just mentioned that they'll take the chemicals that I mentioned, uh, ammonia, methane, hydrogen, and water, and then they'll uh, induce evaporation and then simulate light lightning by using the... Um, the electrodes so there's that i mean it's it's not nothing but i wouldn't say that that's again we know that the conditions were different from recent studies and stuff so right but making the building blocks of life yes is not the same thing as making life okay okay well that's uh that's a loss for the science department i wouldn't say it's a law again i think it's interesting what here's the thing is whether that that is the theory or the right explanation for how life came to be or not, it's still a scientific experiment that showed some results. Uh, so that's how I would look at that. Um, I think what you push back on, and which I do too, is just the idea of knowing and being like 100% certain, like empirically, right. this is what it is. You can't dispute it. Well, you can dispute it, and it will be wrong. So that's what I'm saying. Well, like when I, you make a TV show and you're you're showing me how eyeballs were created and with these single cell organisms, like swimming up towards light and stuff, yeah, maybe a lot of that is based on scientific fact. But you're showing me different galaxies and all that. You don't know. You're just assuming. And I and a lot of the problem is a lot of people in today's age they see this stuff on a a Discovery or a History Channel and they're 100% convinced that this is true fact. Right. There's no disclaimer saying this is just theory. That's all my point. No, I, I agree with that. Um, and I think more scientists should just be like, hey, we don't have all the answers, but this is our best guess on, at the time based on, not guess, but this is our best observation at the time based on what we know to be right. true. That's that's how it should be presented. And I think if it was presented that way, you'd probably have more people, whether it's young kids in school or older kids in high school, maybe people that weren't normally into science before, it would wake them up to it. Do you get what I'm saying? Like it would be Yeah, like, it might spawn a whole new this generation is a mystery. of scientists. Like, yeah, this is a mystery. We have a good idea, but it's not set in stone. I think that that's a, why not jump into that if you're interested? Well, I think humans are drawn to mystery in all of that, you know, assets of life. So we are, I would agree with that hundred percent. Um, so that's pretty much abiogenesis. Um, like I said, that's favored by most scientists. Some would even say it's like you, like you love un unquestionable or unfailable, but I don't think that that's the case. No, I'm not trying to dis disregard the science. I, I'm you, just, you are, you are <laughs> that's, fight the power. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, I, I think that that's pretty much where we'll leave abiogenesis. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, uh, there's not. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. It's not. I mean, okay, well, I will say, though, that the, this is another thing, aspect about it, is the earliest, li uh, earliest life forms on Earth they found are these um, putative fossilized microorganisms. So have you ever seen those videos of those like underwater thermal vents? They're like little, vol mm -hmm. like little volcanoes underwater. They think that that's how that's w what contained the first life on the planet. Meaning that, um, those hydrothermal, uh, vents, they're, I think they're, uh, precipitates or, uh, I think that's a, yeah, precipitates, um, or precipitates, something along those lines. They may have uh, lived as early as 4.2 billion years ago. So, like I said before, 3.5 3. billion years is the date where scientists will all agree that that's when life began. But then there's, oh, well, this could be considered life and that could be considered life. Um, the oceans formed around 4.4 billion years ago. Um, and not long after... Uh, 4.5 uh, billion years ago is about when the uh, the Earth was formed. So You better get your numbers right. 
They're going to light you up on Reddit. I'm just, some of the stuff's, no, I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> that's, that's the dying zone for knowledge. I used to, look, I like Reddit. I think that there's some cool stuff on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of negativity, probably the most negativity. I mean, since we do this show, obviously I'm on social, we're on social media, getting our stuff out there, but we're also checking out other people's stuff. It just seems like, um, Reddit, I initially thought was like where intelligent conversations were happening. And I don't know if it's changed or what, but I just feel like there's been a lot of negativity on there. And I don't think that you can get to truth through negativity per se. I think you can critique, maybe criticize, um, if something, if somebody's being belligerent or malignant about something, but at the same time, I don't think that that's where, I don't think, I no longer think that's where intelligent conversations are happening. I think it's happening on podcasts. I think it's happening on, um, I don't even know where else in person. <laughs> I mean, we, we need to get back to that. I was right. just having a conversation with some people in the office yesterday that I probably would have never had with, you know, some average people on the street or maybe even some of our friends because people just don't talk about that kind of stuff. I was kind of shocked. I was like, yeah, this is awesome. Um, all right. So let's, so yeah, the thermal vents, that's like the latest theory, uh, for panspermia that that's where those were formed. The maybe because of the volcanic activity, but I don't know, is that supposed to supplement the, electricity aspect of it you know what i'm saying yeah yeah like because how is electricity getting to the bottom of the ocean i don't know yeah <laughs> so. or maybe there were shallow pools of them i don't i honestly don't know but i will say that um we all don't know <laughs> so right accept that fact and then we can move forward uh, all right, so let's jump to panspermia now. Uh, panspermia comes from an ancient Greek um, uh, or ancient Greek terminology. Pan means all, and uh, sperma means seed. Uh, if you couldn't guess, uh, yes, yes. And this is this is the hypothesis that life exists throughout the universe, and it, um, it gets seeded to different places, whether it be via meteorites, comets, different celestial bodies, uh, cosmic dust. It hitches um, a ride. And yeah, it hitches a ride goes or across gets the trapped in, a, in, in a, um, an orbit and then comes down on the planet. Um, so and there's different, uh, again, there's different theories on how that happens, and there's even different theories within the theory. So there's normal panspermia, which is just the idea that there's life out there, it gets tossed around into different places, it just keeps getting spread around, whether, like I mentioned, through dust or meteorites or comets, and then there's directed panspermia, which is the idea that um, I think we say extraterrestrials or aliens, um, it's just some some intelligence is spreading it out there as opposed to just doing it on its own or through natural processes, so... That right. would be one. Uh, there's also, I think it's, is it pseudopanspermia or soft panspermia? The idea that uh, the prebiotic organic compounds, uh, you know, the building blocks of life uh, come from like a solar nebula um, and then get distributed again throughout the universe. Um, and that would be responsible for the electricity. Yeah, I mean that would still actually probably include abiogenesis of a certain kind, I guess, in a way, um, because it's just yeah, it's because it's just about. raining down the building blocks. It's not actually raining down life. So then you would still need some catalyst to happen when right. You... The life has to start somewhere, so right. it's almost like the panspermia. It's really not even answering that because the life has to form somewhere on some planet. Right. It still has to form first, then it can spread out. So well, no, because this okay. So this one's just saying that the building, so like organic compounds, like carbons, the stuff that I mentioned before, uh-huh. that if those get rained down, 
then the process can then begin again for life. But it's not actually, you don't need the, this one specifically, the soft pan, or molecular pants, or whatever the hell it's called, is specifically talking about, I believe, the building blocks and then a, a biogenesis happens. So it's still panspermia, but the life isn't coming from other life, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I got It's you. just I the building blocks confused. as opposed to like, like, and then them coming together is what they right. have to come. They all come together at the right time, at the right place, with you, the right temperature. Yes, you would still need abiogenesis to happen of some sort. Um, I it's think such I, a crazy thing, and we're we're a, such a uh, a creature of you know odds and things like that, and right. the odds of just happening. It, well, first of all, we know it happened. We're here, so right. Which odd do you want to take? I love the DNA coming together as like a 737 being constructed by wind blowing through a junkyard or a tornado whipping through a junkyard. Yeah. And building a plane, that's the same odds as DNA being formed right. randomly. Well, and that's, that's why that always... people argue that maybe there isn't life out there, that we are the only things and it is this random act of, you know, one in a trillion, billion, whatever. Yeah, um, but there's enough space out there where if it happened once, it probably happened again. I agree with you, but I'm saying that's the argument by those people that believe that we're the only thing and this is it and it's just an accident. Because there, there's a lot of scientists that believe that. From there's a lot of cool ones, the ones that we have on the show. Well, um, where do where and do then they there's the not any, cool ones that don't right. believe in? It's in not anything. necessarily not cool. My question is, it's, you it's, say the it's big, cool and not cool, bro. But go on. Oh, here's the thing. You say the Big Bang happened, okay? But where did the material come from that it was inside of that pinhead? Where did that come from, bro? That's what they always leave out. You it had to form something. Well, you could somewhere. go on. Well, now that's not just the only. Now a lot of people believe in the multiverse theory, so that there's all these universes or little bubbles that maybe two bubbles collided or maybe there was one bubble that split in you know i don't know exactly but i just know that the multiverse theory is the new flavor of the day when it comes to that kind of stuff and it also and that's that's fine too but still it still boils down to one thing so you telling me that a god doesn't exist okay that makes it that that's somewhat credible but then where did your where did your material come from well, okay so that's one of the critiques of panspermia though is that it doesn't actually answer where life comes from it's almost just like passing it off um uh-huh you're not you get what i'm saying you're not answering where does life come from you're just saying oh it came from out there so it's not answering it it's just explaining maybe where it came from but out there right. is infinity too so i think that's and i don't want to cop out and say oh it's god but at the same time, but you well, why not say it is God? Because you're saying it's nothing. <laughs> I'm not. No, say, I'm, I'm well, not saying anything. I'm saying this is. These are the facts, Jack. And what you want to do <laughs> and with? I'm saying these are the questions, <laughs> Brestons. I'm. I'm pointing out the facts, and all I'm saying is that I'm telling you what people I know that believe in like nothing metaphysical or nothing outside of this earth just this is the accident we're here let's do our right. best that that's the argument that those people make and i'm not saying that that's wrong i'm open to anything if you tell me that that's the case I, i'm not gonna again believe you because i know everything's wrong but i think that you can assign probability to certain things based on what we do know and mm -hmm. it, you know whether you it is going to be wrong or not you put you know you put your money behind the best horse so that's just all i'm saying yeah, um, you can also look at it like we're here regardless, so let's focus on maybe making our existence better and helping people that are here with us. Well, of course. But then we wouldn't have a show, so let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so that was those were the different little versions of uh, panspermia. Um, also, there's just the idea that microscopic life forms hitched a ride on a comet. Comets, like you know, extremophiles, which are organisms that can be trapped in debris. Um, they can live in like crazy conditions. I know on that one strange rock mini series, or... there's um, these ex extremophiles that live in like acid pools. Like it's crazy to yeah. even think that something could live in that, but there are things that do. 
Um, so maybe some of those tr- or tardigrades, water bears. Tardigrades, yeah. They the, didn't they survive like five cataclysms? They survive. They can survive like nuclear explosions. They can survive the, the hottest heats. They can survive the coldest colds. They can survive pretty much any conditions and in space. Uh, and I, I think they just realized how they're able to do that. I just read an article. Tardigrades or water bears, they dry out. And then once they dry out, they're still living somehow, but they're in this like, like uh, proxy state. And then once water gets added to them again, they become alive again. So that's kind of how mm. they do their thing. And I think that they just like a form of hibernation or something, right? And I think they accidentally got uh, dropped off on the moon. I, there was some as part of an experiment. Accidentally, well, no, there was a a, a cra- I, I don't know what country was doing it. They crashed or something on the moon or their probe or something and some of these tardigrades got out i don't know exactly i forget the exact story but i'm pretty sure that there's tardigrades or water bears living on the moon now so well there you go um and that's i think that's a an interesting thing too is i think we do our best to like when we go into space, I don't know the exact protocols. I'm sure people can look it up, but I'm sure they're trying to not contaminate space somehow. But at the same time, isn't that kind of impossible at some point? I think something's going to hitch a ride on a rocket or right. We're um, almost causing panspermia already. I think some uh, astronauts, I don't know. Was it the Russians or somebody? They, they recorded Marine life living on the outside of, I, I believe it was the international space station. I could be mistaken, but Crazy. I read, I read so many articles, I just start forgetting some of the details here. But well, I uh, did read a bunch of things about how we're we don't we barely even know, like we we know all the animals and stuff, but we barely know all the living organisms and right. the stuff that we are you know, are aware of is like five percent or ten percent of the stuff. A lot of it's these single cell organisms, like you were talking about, that live in right. insane conditions. Because number one, we can't even get to those insane conditions. And number two, we can't even get to those insane conditions. <laughs> but yeah, like ninety percent of the oceans aren't even excavated. So excavated, ex- excavated. Thank you, dictionary man. <laughs> no, you just sounded it sounded like a. Uh, I don't even know what that sounded like. <laughs> I don't know if you're trying to say escalator or what, but um. Oh yeah, okay. So this is what I was talking about. Two thousand eighteen. Um. These Russian scientists published a paper that said they found DNA on the exterior of the International Space Station. Um, Mm -hmm. Said it was... um, It concluded that the the presence of wild land and marine bacteria DNA... uh, So it's possible for that stuff to live up there is basically what this is saying. Oh, I believe it. Um... So the first person to, I think, well, there's Aristotle who came a little bit later that thought something along these lines. It was obviously a little bit wrong, but um, the first to mention the term of panspermia was, and we didn't mention them when we did our pre-Socratic Greek episode slideshow, but uh, the Greek philosopher Anaxagoras uh, came up with the term panspermia. So kudos to you, bro. Wow. That's some in- inventive thinking, that's for sure. One of the biggest proponents for pan spermia is was Fred Hoyle, who's a famous um, scientist and a uh, huge component or a huge proponent of it. Oh, I thought you were gonna say our cousin Bob Gardner. <laughs> I remember him telling that's us. That's how about we. Le- that. Yeah, I mean, okay, so realistically, that's how we learned about panspermia. Right from the source. Um, right from the scientist. I didn't even realize we, we, we didn't have the uh, the cams up the whole time. We had our intro page, but there we go. Oh, well, we can get that information, let people really see what we got. We're just a little we're just a little foggy from the long break, that's all. Lots of yeah, technical we had some issues. issues. Oh, yep. uh, I don't even want to talk about my camera. I want to bash this thing against the wall. That's funny because one of my buddies was just texting me 
I've actually recommended this M Canon M50 because it's pretty reasonably priced, and I think it does a damn good job. But no, I like my it. Other buddy, yeah. I, I'm just I want to bash it. So yeah. <laughs> calm down, our buddy Chris. I uh, I borrowed some of his gear, and when I was loading up to take it back to his house, one of the lenses like fell out and rolled across my room. Yeah. And I looked at it, and I it looked like I dinged it a little bit. I was very surprised because I barely dropped the thing, but I texted him. And I, I was saying, oh, you know, if I if, if the thing's busted and I did all that, you know, I'll replace it. It was just a kit lens. It wasn't anything too crazy. But right. he's like, oh, I got upset one day and threw it against the wall. <laughs> so it went from me thinking the thing was barely could barely withstand a drop from, you know, a couple feet up to this thing getting thrown against the wall. It, it looked pretty good for that action. Right. Kudos, the Canon. So. Yeah, no, I, I like the camera. I just wish that. It would work with my program like it's supposed to, which it's not. Yeah, all these updates. It's something stupid. It's, it's, something it's, it's all it's this Mac update, and then they had their own updates. It's all these updates, man. Uh-huh. Um, all right, so back to this. So yeah, Fred Hoyle, huge proponent of the idea. Um, who else here? Oh, uh, in 2018. Some astronomers from Harvard um, presented a model that basically talked about galactic panspermia, that galaxies, um, you know, exchange these, like, spores or dormant spores, something along those lines. Uh-huh. So that's that's an interesting mm. uh, version of that. Um Let's see here. Something like, you know, that Amuamua, that flat um, interstellar, like, cigar-shaped meteor. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so something like that, if that hit a planet or even dust from that came off and it had stuff on there, um, that could be an example of that. Uh, 2019, um, scientists uh, detected sugar molecules um uh, in meteorites, so that's kind of interesting too. Yeah, I, I know. Okay, so that's the other thing is there's these, there's certain types of meteorites that have the organic compounds needed for life. They're called chondrite meteorites, and um, I, I forget what show I was watching, but they were they'd watch them fall from the skies. You know, there's you, there's no way to tell exactly what kind, you know, different ones are, but when it's a chondrite one. I'm pretty sure they've got like sulfides and um, some of the different organic compounds in there already to go, um, which is an interesting because all it would take is one of those to land with all the stuff. Yeah, it's got uh, it's got sulfides and uh, silicate and tons of other th- things. I'm not even going to get into or mention. Because... Well, we know the asteroids were bombing the earth for centuries yeah well not even centuries millions of years before anything right. sprung up so right that's definitely in the wheelhouse there and they're non-metallic meteorites which i think a lot of them are i don't know what the ratio is between the two i think the chondrite ones are not as prevalent as the iron ones and um but yeah, they contain the building the org, uh, organic compounds and building blocks for life. Um, there was that paper that was just um, put out last year, talking about how octopi could be right alien, like maybe their eggs or a frozen one. I mean, I don't even know how that would work, but some something along those lines where they would hitch a ride on a comet, which is frozen obviously it's ice frozen water and then land um that's insane and uh i don't know but isn't their dna like so not similar to ours that's right that's yeah what there's the conclusion they came to there's a few different things but yeah that's one of them and then i've heard people dispute that too but anywhere where somebody's got a cool idea there's some other dude waiting to to jump on it that's usually how it works of course. well i mean but you want to be right though too so it's a double-edged sword i think Again, it's creating this culture where instead of all this fighting and being adversaries and and trying to debunk people, just do the experiments and 
what's right is or what's most obvious or probable is is what it is and there's no reason to like take people down i just don't understand that aspect of it uh there is also a theory called radiospermia which is the idea that um radiation pressure from the stars is pushing all sorts of microscopic life forms and dust uh, throughout space. So that's another mm. um, idea. Um, Carl Sagan, who was a kind of, I don't remember throughout his whole career, but early on he was a proponent of sp- uh, panspermia and even ta- tossed around the idea of directed panspermia. He didn't really like this uh, theory. I think he was actually a critic of the radio panspermia theory. Um, there's the litho sperm, uh, litho panspermia theory too, which is the transfer of organisms that are basically trapped in rocks from one planet to another or via interstellar, like a muamua, um, and stuff like that. So within panspermia, you have all these like little subsidiary theories that are more, um, more detailed and exactly what's going on. Lots of vehicles for this stuff to get around on. Right. And there was a, um, there was an article I read yesterday, actually, it was going around online talking about how initially they thought Jupiter was this like shield for us with, from meteorites, comets, that kind of stuff, uh, celestial bodies, because it's so big that it blocks, keeps us somewhat safe. Um, uh-huh. but the article talks about this new theory that it's actually shooting stuff at us. So it's, it's, it's sending stuff our way and actually doing the opposite of what we initially thought it was. So it's sending what meteorites and yeah, yeah. Meteorites and, um, space dust, whatever kind of stuff's out there. And I mean, if it, it's big, so if, if it gets hit itself, I, you can imagine all the stuff coming off of it. Yeah, but isn't it just gas? I think so, but let's check here. Weird. I've, it's funny how when you're in high school or when you're in, you know, even elementary school, you learn about all the stars and stuff and you just in your brain think that we've been there. Right. We you know all the stuff we've been on the planets, we've been walking around them, but in reality, I guess we have some probes and whatnot to a lot of them, but it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, there's some stuff, um, there's some stuff out there and you've got the, uh, the meteor, the, uh, the belt out there that has all the stuff in it too. I'm drawing a blank right now. What, the Van Allen belt? Uh, no, isn't that the radiation one? Yeah. 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 That's what people use to say that we never went to the moon because oh, yeah, the, that's what, yeah. the Van Allen would have destroyed all the footage or whatever. Right. Well, it's going to be interesting in the next 20 years with all the new camera lenses. I know Canon made some some insane glass for these telescopes that are like right. a couple thousand megapixels, and then they can just keep blowing up the image and looking deeper and deeper. So right. we'll find something. Yes. The truth is out there. So Jupiter is all gas. I just wanted to make sure because some of these planets might be made of little bits of hard material. But yeah, so that in terms of then that's gas, then it has to be the fact that it's shooting stuff off based on, I don't even know, maybe just orbit. It's gravitational pool, maybe. Yeah, yeah, gravity. And again, gravity, which we don't 100% fully understand at this point. Um, so I want to talk about directed panspermia because we only briefly touched on it. Um, there's people that have talked about this idea, one being Francis Crick, who was the Nobel Prize winner, who came up with the uh, DNA uh, 
helix or the strands of DNA uh, concept. Mm -hmm. And you were talking about that, the uh, 747 um, being assembled, a tornado ripping through a junkyard. Um, Right. But again, who even knows how truthful that is? Right. Well, again, that's... Yeah, exactly. That's coming from a human being, so it's probably <laughs> flawed. Yeah, it's probably shit. Yeah. Um, but uh, who's? Oh yeah, Le- uh, Leslie Orgill too. Uh, they also proposed that uh, could be spread by an advanced civilization. Um, there was the theory again that there was. Well, an I'm sure o- that one's been poo-pooed well, all. But there is the, the, the theory of like an early RNA world. Um, just more of the it was like set up if that if that makes sense like it was set up to receive you know almost like it was the female sex organs Ah. to the later on seeding of it which became what we know i mean it makes sense that's how life that's sweet i like that that's almost a sweet little surreal short film yeah Um, if you could create some kind of rna world Right. And then drop a bunch of shit in there and see what got all stirred up. Right. Um, Again, I I think a lot of the stuff, too, is that a lot of the argument against panspermia is that the radiation would kill or burn up or destroy whatever would be needed. But then there's people that say, you know, it could be shielded. There's different ways it could still get there. I mentioned the chondrite meteorites, which... They break these things, they crack these things open and find the minerals in there. So if one of those things exploded and actually got to Earth, I think that that's how you would probably see that. Um, yeah, and then you've again, you've got the extremophiles, which would be things that can live in insane conditions that we wouldn't even think about. Um, exactly. Uh, which, like, like I said before, we're still discovering more and more of those daily. Right. What, um, when you think about life though, I mean, what do you, do you think that one of these processes, because here's the thing, even if you're a religious person, if you're saying that something can be radiocarbon dated, let's just say it's radiocarbon dated 3.5 billion years ago, or even let's just say a million years ago, because what most, a lot of people that believe every word of the Bible think that life was created 6,000 years ago or what was that documentary that we watched where the guy was trying to say like the Grand Canyon's only like 6,000 years old or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I have to watch it to get the exact dates. I didn't write that stuff down. You wrote it. That's your theory. <laughs> I'm studying it. I'm um, praying to it. Okay. So, so yeah. So if, even if let's just say the measurements are off, the fact that it goes that far back or it's showing that far back, even if it wasn't, nearly even as far back as they say it still kind of dismisses that whole thing so i i do think that um one of these processes is the answer that doesn't that still doesn't discard by the way or discredit i should say the idea that there could be some ultimate creator whether it's this energy primordial energy or some life force that lives throughout the universe or consciousness or whatever the case may be it still doesn't dismiss that. It's just there's got to be some sort of catalyst to get there. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's when my brain really starts to hurt. I remember as a kid I would think back and if there's a God, well, how did he become? And if there isn't a God, then how did the first yeah. whatever you could do the, get there? You could do the giant's marble forever i mean you could go in yeah something i think about too just because we have things that we think are original like this planet and the things that we do as human beings and things we create that we couldn't possibly be something trapped inside something else that's trapped inside something else that's trapped inside. but that if even okay so if you believe in um, the many worlds theory, the idea that there's infinite, infinite universes and there's a version of everything in every single one. Well, those are maybe going to be possibly part of something else. I mean, where does it go? We'll never get there. We're never probably even going to be able to prove much about the, even the many worlds theory. Cause we haven't as a species, we've only gotten to the moon. We've put rovers on other planets and we've sent 
satellites way out there and sent stuff out of our our zone and everything but what is it actually yielded just pictures of stuff out there it's not you know you need human i believe you need human beings to get to some of these places to start taking some of this stuff to the next level i think it's probably not going to happen anytime soon but i think a good good start would be mars and something along those. what did you think about that ad astra movie by the way it was pretty good it got a little i don't know it wasn't like it didn't blow me away or anything, but yeah, it, was, the, it was good. It was entertaining. Brad Pitt, did, Brad, Brad Pitt, <laughs> Brad Pitt did a great job. He's always good. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones was good. Or no, wait. Is yeah, that... Tommy Lee Jones is in. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, Harrison I mean, Ford for we won't give any spoiler alerts. It's if you like, you know, the end's not as good. It's a little depressing. It's not even because of what they find or don't find or anything because of, of that nature. But it's just because. They built it up as this thing. I don't know. I thought it was a good movie, but the ending could have been better, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's no 2001, let's just say that. Yeah, but no. what can be that, you know? It's <laughs> quite Jews to fill. I would say it's better than a lot of space movies I've seen recently, though. I mean, yeah, the space stuff. I saw that movie High Life. And definitely it was, better than Star Wars. It was, it was low life, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> yeah. Um, I still haven't seen that movie Moon with uh, Sam Rockwell. I want to see that. That's good stuff. I keep I like, meaning well, again, to watch that's... it, and then, then I don't watch it. Yeah, no, check it out if you can find it. I'm having a real p- trouble finding good hard, good hardcore, not oh, hardcore, sure but good, harder to find. <laughs> no one's having trouble finding the hardcore stuff. Um, but like these classic movies, I like a lot of the David Finch, David Lynch stuff, and uh, David Finch. What is that? is that? That's like David Spade's character on like Just Shoot Me or something. Finch. Yeah, it's, I, yeah, Finch. <laughs> or even I'm trying to find some of these classics like on the waterfront. If anyone has links, or if it's on Amazon or yeah, you can find Maurice's email if you want to send him some stuff. It's the second email on uh, on our website under Contact Us. Um, let's see here. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much, pretty much the gist of it. Um, if I had... Speaking of Carl Sagan, though, he wrote that movie, Contact. Right. And that was a decent movie. Yeah, I like that. I like that. What was that movie with Amy Adams and they... Mm, Oh, um... That movie was good. Yeah, it was pretty good. It, I think that movie was good in showing that what an alien it was just different. What an alien or an extraterrestrial could be that was intelligent. It doesn't have to be this like gray alien looking thing, or it could be this thing right. that developed in a weird world that has different ways of communicating and stuff. So it's called Arrival, and that gets back to what that one of our guests was talking about: how we're so we're we live on Earth, and everything that's in our brain is from our experiences on earth we can't even perceive what it would be like to be a different yeah, not earth, a carbon based yeah, uh, organism yeah they call it earth bias earth bias yeah that was uh, when we had uh, oh um matt tiller on i really like that arrival though i recommend that if anyone's looking for a space movie yeah um let's see here so, yeah, it's kind of funny, though, when we were teenagers and our uncle was telling us about the panspermia idea. He's actually our cousin, let's face our it. Cousin, he's our cousin. Is our second um, or third cousin. Like, who, we we kind of laughed at it. That, that's that's how I feel a lot of people are, especially teenagers. They hear stuff like that that's just so out there that they just regard well, it here, as poop. Here's the thing is, I would say that, I think we were, what, 13 or 14, maybe even 12. I can't remember. But when I heard that I was already kind of thinking cause I was, I, you know, I went to Catholic schools growing up and, um, was raised, you know, to believe in God, I guess I, I don't not believe in God. I just look at the, the philosophy and what we know, what we don't know kind of a thing. And I'm, I'm open, I'm an open book and I've had weird experiences that, some would say are synchronicities or whatever. So Mm -hmm. um, I believe that there's some purpose to all this. I don't know what it is. Um, And if I had to say that 
again, you, you brought up a good point. So if there was a creator God, then who created him or what created him? And if that's the case, it could just go on and on forever. Um, yeah. Which maybe it does. Maybe there are different. Well, and maybe our brains will never be able to grasp that concept too. Right. Maybe we are the gods or maybe we're all a piece of this God that we're all just spreading throughout all the universe. We're just part of a bigger idea or maybe we're art. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but we are here. We are living, breathing magic. We are made up of stardust and crazy things and we're subatomic particles you know vibrating at a certain frequency and uh it's crazy crazy shit right yeah it's funny i was watching a master class with david lynch he's one of my favorite directors and he was talking about about david finch no 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 (laughs) don't shoot me but uh he's talking about yeah we're flying through space and He's just going on and on about the stuff we know. We're like you were saying, we're magic, we're stardust, this and that. And then he's he's just like, and people are watching their TVs, like nothing's happening. It's it's crazy, because it is. It's crazy. People are out at stores buying T-shirts, watching the grassy, and you know, Desperate Housewives, and they they the stuff that we're talking about doesn't even enter their brain. Which hey, to each its own. Ignorance may be bliss. Mm-hmm. I thought that was funny though. That was so funny. <laughs> but it's it's true, man. It's there's a lot that's crazy if you really break it down and think about it. It's quite the world. I think about it often and I think anybody that's interested in this kind of stuff probably does as well. It's just this daunting, haunting thing. Sometimes I look at people that just are trapped in their day to day consciousness and just want to have fun and do things and don't even think about anything existential or whatever I kind of um I'm kind of jealous of that I used to be like that a long time ago I've always been a curious person but I used to dabble in the who cares arts a lot more and uh now it's almost impossible for me to go back to that knowing the shit that I know now knowing the stuff that we've research learn from this podcast from our guests from books all this stuff so yeah I look at it as, um, I look at this like it's an opportunity to continue this, this, like I said, this game or this charade that we're going to push the ball and whether it's wrong or right or whatever, then the next person's going to pick it up and the next person's going to pick it up and we're creating this thing. So, um, as far as where we come from, if I had to pick one of those theories that I just talked about, um, I like panspermia. Uh, in general, just the idea that we're being rained down on or, you know, stuff's flying through the, the universe and sooner or later it's going to find a nice little, well, whether it's organic compounds that land here, like I said, that's, and those seed the chemical or atmospheres or the, the, um, the atmosphere that's here at the time and creates life or it comes from a meteorite or a comet or something. I don't think that that necessarily matters as much as just the idea that there is life out there. And again, I'll say this again, the origin of life, abiogenesis would actually prove of how life is created. Now it still doesn't explain a lot of other aspects to that, but at least there would be some origin there. Panspermia kind of just shifts the, shifts the uh, uh, the narrative over to, well, it came here from somewhere else, therefore it must be prevalent out there. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that if panspermia is correct, that there probably is a lot of life out there, if I had to guess, because that would mean that stuff's floating out there. We couldn't be this astronaut. I don't think it, it could happen that way where we're this anomaly that happened from panspermia, that it was just this random pansperm panspermia event that happened i think if panspermia is happening it's happening and it's happening everywhere Um, Mm -hmm. and if abiogenesis is correct then we could be this this anomaly or maybe there's again this idea that life is also created in other ways like you said that we have an earth bias so maybe there's these crazy life forms that we can't even fathom out there that are made up of crazy 
chemicals that we wouldn't even expect stuff to survive in. Like I mentioned, there's extremophiles and those organisms on Earth that live in acid pools. So, um, or they're so small they're already living among us. Or that. Chew there, on that. There's a there's a lot of theories having to do with that. I mean, we could have like our gut bacteria could be alien. Alien, you know. And that's one of the theories too is this idea that there's viruses. Um, that like when we get like uh there's a new strain of a virus or something crazy that we can't that we're being rained down on by whatever that is creating some sort of genetic mutation or something along the lines that was another part of the theory I forgot to mention that uh there's an idea that viruses and diseases and stuff could be coming from elsewhere that mm. if we're being rain down about uh, rain down upon by organisms and stuff that maybe some of those organisms are foreign and that's why we can't again i i think that fight it <laughs> i don't think that that can be um verified like any of the other stuff but it's a cool idea yeah a few th- a few things can be verified it's just so yeah i think panspermia for me um I don't rule out abiogenesis or a combination of panspermia and abiogenesis um, from doing this episode and just all the stuff that we just talked about. What do you think? Man, that's a tough... And I want an answer, and I'm going to hold you to it. Hmm. It's tough, man. I don't know. I hate to say the God thing is a cop-out. You are... (laughs) I like the panspermia. I think it opens the. I do you think. I don't. I don't think life was. I don't know, man. It's tough. It's tough to 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 commit to one idea or the other. Uh, whatever, whatever one you thought sounded better, I would say. I do think. Well, we thought about. We've talked about this before. I do think that life is is happening out elsewhere. So could something latch on to a comet or an asteroid and come our way i definitely think that's a possibility and what was that weird shaped asteroid again oh mua 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 <laughs> which we still don't really know what the hell that thing was right i don't know i i, I like to to stay back not to be a not to be a goon or anything but i mm-hmm. we don't know so it's hard for me to to know if you, if that makes any sense I'm simply asking you to say which one you think has a higher probability of being correct. Yeah, well, then I'll, I'll go with the pan sperm. Okay. Uh, again, I mean... Just, I even, just to support what I was saying earlier, I definitely think that there's life else elsewhere even on the, the Wiki- universe. Even on the Wikipedia page for, like, abiogenesis, it says it's not really clear how this happens, but it's, like, <laughs> the main theory that... And I, again, I'm not saying that it's right or wrong or whatever, but just the fact that even on the Wikipedia page, it's like, yeah, it's uncertain that how this exactly went down. Um, that That's seems, good. I like that. What a good disclaimer. No, I know, but I'm just saying that that when you talk to like a science, oh, for sure, abiogenesis, or like right. when we were in school, that was the theory. Um, we'd watch the videos of like the early days of Earth, and it shows these volcanic pools of chemicals and lightning strikes it and then all of a sudden you've got organic compounds and uh single cell organisms and it goes on and on so i i think that you're right it's good that they're pointing that out um we need to get yeah, back because neil degrasse doesn't say that he he gets he goes on a rant and it's talking in the absolute i don't he's said he's i think he talks about panspermia too but i i think that uh Unless I I don't like something specific that somebody says, I try not to make generalizations. Oh, this guy believes this for this guy. But, I mean, everybody's able to change their mind, too. That's true. I'm just saying he did narrate the cosmos. and Right. Well, a pretty... it's a TV show, and there's an agenda. I don't. I mean, if you make a TV show, you have an agenda. Whatever. It may be a good agenda. It may be a bad agenda. Right. It might be teaching you the some Even facts. documentaries. Most documentaries are objective. There's, they're trying to paint a picture or tell you a story whether it's true or not is a different story um i mean there's a lot of documentaries out there that are controversial and that's not by accident it's because the things that they're saying are by nature either controversial or unconfirmable or whatever the case may be but yeah they're um, there to make you think i get yeah i get that. and i love documentaries but I, again i'm just pointing out i like 
yeah, I like the aspect when they say, hey, this is our best guess, but we don't know. And But I guess the confusing thing to me is, um, is if we don't know, why is everybody putting their their chips behind, you know, this one thing? Why are they going all in on this one thing when I just read you off all the different types of panspermia and other theories and stuff like that? Um, I think the chondroit meteorite one's an interesting one, um, considering they contains all the uh, organic compo- uh, organic compounds needed for life, and that still doesn't rule out some sort of catalyst happening. So, yeah, um, and who knows? It might be a comb- combination of a couple of them, right? And maybe there's many ways that life can can arise. You know, again, we have Earth, that's true too. We have Earth bias. We're assuming that what we know through carbon um carbon compounds and and organic compounds is the only way things can happen and who knows if that's uh-huh. the case um well, like i always say the truth lies somewhere in between yeah and it might even not even be that so this kind of, <laughs> this kind of stuff so far well okay so just an example like when we did all when i was doing all that research when we were doing that like pre-socratic greek philosophy and the greek philosophers and what years they were born we don't even have the exact years they were born who their parents really were some we know some some are questionable some people question whether socrates even existed which i believe he did but there's a lot of people that will take it there so i guess my point is if we can't even get that straight you're telling me we're going Mm -hmm. back 3.5 billion years for sure possibly even 4.2 billion years and we're we're gonna have all the answers i i don't i just don't buy it i we can create models all day long we may never get the answer but it's definitely fun to speculate and it's definitely fun to talk about this stuff that's for sure yeah oh yeah so but uh yeah we're glad to be back after that break i know like i said we apologize for the extension of it there's a lot of different factors at play but um we're back. Why don't you talk about a couple of things in the in the works here? Yeah, no, we've got uh, next week, Wednesday, we have Bruce Fenton, who's going to be on. We've had Bruce on before. We'll be talking about all the recent UFO stuff, and we'll be talking about some other stuff as well. Um, and uh, we have Laird Scranton coming on at the end of the month. We'll be talking about... Uh, the earliest civilizations and you know he's into comparative cosmology and ancient civilizations and stuff so we'll be talking about that nice. um working on a few other people as well i think people will be really excited about some of the guests that we have coming on soon try and get i just finished reading dmt in my occult mind part two so we're gonna try and get dick Com back on here soon beautiful and uh yeah just a, some new faces some old faces and we're just going to keep the train rolling, and uh, we'll we'll get some good stuff out there. Nice. It'll be good to catch up with some of those guys and see what, what's developing. Yep. And, again, thank you to everybody, all our Patreons or patrons out there. Uh, you, We're going to consider you escapees. That's our going to be our fans names escapees because you've escaped your mind i can't even talk right now um and i can't escape his mind (laughs) and again shout out to our new members chris dick and uh, justin we appreciate you um that's how the show grows we're not really making money from this it would be nice if uh we got to the point where it was pretty much paying for itself which we're almost there but um you know stuff costs money gear and program software that kind of stuff so but we appreciate it and we like doing it we don't do it for money but every little bit helps and yeah uh, plus it's good to know people are uh, receiving it well and yeah well we've now been doing this for two years so two years 102 episodes yeah we should we should be cranking more on episodes this year i plan to do a lot more I mean, I'm not going to say we're going to get to 200 this year, but we might get to 200 this year. Well, if you do two a week, you should. We should be yeah, clean there. We'll be getting back to our old schedule, doing at least two a week. I know we we uh, oversatiated everybody with. I think we did five that last week before we went on break here, but uh, we're going to try and step it up a little bit as well. So, anything else? Sounds good. Sounds good. No, man. Bore, man just uh, glad to be back. Hey! 
Glad to be back and glad to get back in the swing of things. Sweet. Start questioning again. <laughs> Our resident uh, science questioner, Maurice. This guy yeah, really I got all the guy, credentials. This guy really hates scientists. No, I do not. You but do. if they're going to treat their facts like facts, then we're going to have to call them on the facts, prove the facts. I mean, we can get into the philosophy of it. What actually is a fact? Again, what's right today is definitely going to be wrong tomorrow. So, Very true. And it doesn't even take that long to, to get no. there, especially with the rate that technology's improving at. We're mm-hmm. gonna, we're gonna look. This is we're gonna look like idiots here very shortly. Hey, no, because we've we've backed what we said with. Uh, this is a this is our thoughts on a particular matter. I I definitely have never oh, yeah. committed to one thing or another. I know my own. Well, we aren't scientists education. when we aren't publishing papers. We're just researching stuff, having fun conversations, interviewing people, interviewing other scientists. Yeah, talking to people that'll they they can do it. They can make their claims, and yeah. then we can. And we'll judge them. Well, I respect people. If you have a theory and you write a book about it, I respect you. I mean, I'll, I, I love reading. Yeah, I love reading new books and new research and stuff like that too. So I'm definitely down for all that. Just don't tell me that this is the right answer. And all end nothing's going to change from now on because of that. That's just asinine. And people think that way. So Yeah. All right, dude. Well, we will. Very uh, good, sir. We will be back next week and uh, back to our normal schedule. So, thank you all for tuning in and uh, check us out on Patreon. Check out our website, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Peace. Cheers.